Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? Can you imagine having a necklace with a man in an electric chair or hanging from the scaffold? Uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight with the medals that many Catholics wear around their necks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, the beautiful, and the true of the Catholic faith in the Catholic Church. This is Tom Caffrey with, believe it or not, with my co-host Dan Duddy. <laughs> it's not supposed to be, believe it or not. It's still I'm always here. It's still no, no. I mean, me. Believe it or not, that you're here. Yeah, no. It's that, that it's Tom Caffrey. It's, my voice is still not oh, okay. normal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I right, seems good. to be slowly getting uh, getting there. So, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it really is. Anyway, it, God uh, is great. You're now on the mend. God right is now. great. It, it, was God great when I yes. wasn't on the mend? Yes. God is always good. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. All Come right. on now. Let's yeah, go. I want to straighten that that's out. What, that, that's why you had your hope. That's why you, you said somebody. You said it to that's somebody. That's why you prayed. What? God is great. Oh, uh, my gosh. That's for another episode. Although I this think that's, is, that's yo, an ongoing this, episode between you and this me. Life, this life is not for sissies. That's what makes God great. He brings us to him in our pain and our suffering. There's greatness in that. We are men. We're okay What about that. the women who are listening? Well, gosh, my my wife is tougher than me. We could talk about the genius of women. How much, uh, on on an average, how much time, I don't know, a day or a week do you spend in the gym? Not enough, but uh, I'm there. I try to be there six days a week, but I've learned to uh, manage my time in there to get after it, be a little, have a little sense of urgency. So I'm in there about 45 minutes, and lately about an hour and 50, well, an hour and 20. I try to do an hour of cardio and another 20 of cardio, but with weights, rather than, you know, be a, like a, a sit-down powerlifting thug that grunts a lot. A knuckle dragger? A, knuck, a knuckle dragger, yes. Uh, yeah. Do you think, uh, is, is that Christian? What? You know, what Christian, you know, that we break up that word, the etymology of that word, Christ-like. Would you say oh. that's being Christian to... Use the word knuckle dragger? Spend all that time in the gym. Oh, uh, depends on where your mind is while you're in there. Well, we know your I, body is, though. I mean, that, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so body, mind, and soul. But I can tell you. I'm picturing you on the cross. All right, I know you want to go to the cross, but I want no, to. No, I'm picturing that you on the cross. I don't know why. But. The all right, so. Physique. I. <sighs> oh, you would gosh. say, no, no, Simon, I don't need you because I've been in the gym. No. Not true. Our Lord invited Simon to help him as much as Simon, because Simon needed to help him. And our Lord's unbelievable mercy and generosity, our Lord, as much as he needed Simon, he also knew that Simon needed to help him. It's what makes us men. It's our generosity. It's, it's, what, it's what feeds our soul, is helping others, especially to carry the cross of Christ 
And by the way, I try very, very hard to make my last two repetitions extremely difficult in my exercises. And my second to last one, I say, Francis, my son, whose soul is in purgatory. And the last one is Jesus Christ. So I bring him with me there. I don't know if that's where you're going before, but, and I, oh, trust me, oftentimes I forget. But if you're in the gym and what goes on in the gym and how scantily clad some people are, you really need to stay on the narrow path. It requires a lot of focus. But I guess that's another episode. Yeah, I mean, especially evangelizing in the gym. All right. So um, you have that image of uh, having a man in an electric chair or hanging from the gallows, hanging around your neck on a, on a necklace. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you know, it's the significance of the crucifixion of crucifixion, you know, of the cross and the depictions of it over the course of the centuries, more than two millennia, because it preceded, the cross was used frequently in the pagan culture, you know, well before Christ. So, um, it is interesting to see how the artistic depiction of the crucifixion has changed over the centuries, and and how it it wasn't used for the first uh, few centuries of Christianity. Uh, for if you can have the if you imagine who would who would hang. Uh, I shouldn't use that. That's a, that's a Freudian slip. You know, who would have a necklace with a medal of somebody hanging from the gallows around their neck? Uh, you know, when we could say that it is, we've seen this with, with many readings about crucifixions, you know, and the public shame of it. And that doesn't mean that the person, obviously, we know Christ wasn't ashamed. But he was perceived, like any crucified person was perceived as in the context of shame. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hanging on that cross, you know. And um, so it's uh, so you don't see that in anywhere in art. In fact, I think the earliest depiction of well, a crucifixion really is everything that I've learned about it is an insult. Uh, uh, how how was that? I know. I think the I think the earliest depiction was in the early four hundreds in my in my research. Well, you're, obviously, a, obviously yeah, a painting. You're thinking more of the, the straightforward crucifixion, uh, I guess, uh, because I mean the first one that uh, that. I know about and that I've seen in multiple references uh, shows a body with a the head of a donkey. Mm, I, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a very t t when I say famous in terms of archaeological findings and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty stunning, and it's got but it has someone who's I mean it's on a cross. Right, and uh, uh, it's Alexamenos Graffito, and it shows somebody who's 
well, not really, it's not worshipping. Uh, it's insulting. It's, 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 but, I mean, he's worshipping, but the whole thing is meant as an insult. So, in this conversation, I'll ask you, are, are we sure that it's in reference to Christ, or is it just in reference to anyone who was being crucified, and that whoever is doing this depiction is referring to them as being, you know, jackasses. Uh, God forgive me. Of course, in no way uh, is our Lord Jesus you don't have such. To say that. But the person who's depicting it is it just a general ideology that they're trying to put on the cross? Every the reference I've seen uh, uses Christ. So, what, what with the head of a donkey, though? Yeah. It's, now this, the point is that it's meant as an insult. I, I got you, Tom. I just, uh, I don't know if that's the way you, you were looking at it, or could it be something else? Uh, I'm not familiar with it, obviously. I've already said that. So Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's, that's horrible. And how insulting is it also that we see our, you know, crucifixes on, you know, gold chains uh, on, and I'm not judging the person, but it's definitely sacrilegious in what they're doing while they're wearing it. You know, we, we see celebrities and what they're doing or wearing rosary rosy beads around their neck, which obviously there's a crucifix on and uh, hardly wearing anything else. And, you know, movements and uh, lyrics to songs being sung while they're wearing such, I mean, might as well be the donkey. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's sacrilegious. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, in terms of the 2000 year history, uh, wearing this jewelry is relatively new. Um, that not necessarily the symbolism. Uh, I mean the um, symbols of the crucifixion. I mean, I I think there is a um, not. I think there. I don't know. If, I guess it's still in business. I don't know why it wouldn't because it's been this family-run business in Jerusalem. I believe in the old city. Uh, they sell. They do a lot of tattoos. But they have a lot of very old, I think they're wood, wooden, but um, uh, blocks, you know, that, that I think they're referred to as blocks, whatever the, whatever the template is. And um, I think the oldest one they have is 500 years old. So there's, certainly in, in Christian art, which goes way back, uh, you know, then you've got various symbolisms. Uh, certainly, the fish uh, is well known. I mean, that that goes way, way back. So, uh, but in terms of the cross, uh, it, I mean, you get you uh, Constantine the first, so the main, the big guy. You know, he forbade crucifixion. Uh, once after he had his conversion, no more uh, as a method of execution, you know, no more uh, uh, of that. And, and there's references, multiple references to early church uh, leaders uh, regarding the crucifixion. You know, it's a terrible thing um, and that it shouldn't be portrayed in art. Uh, so, no, but then speaking of Constantine, you know, wh what do we have, you know, one of the, one of the, what, there are countless great mothers in human history, and Constantine's mother is one of them, uh, and, 
you know, I think her her discovery of the true cross changed things. You know, in terms and, of that, right? And uh, t- tell me about that uh, the discovery. What, what is her discovery of the true cross? Uh, being on the uh, uh, the in Golgotha and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finding, I don't, I don't know whether I haven't seen anything where uh, I've only seen uh, references to dispersal that, that they're like of many scattered uh, pieces. I don't know whether they've all they were all in the um, uh, what do you call it uh, Golgotha and uh, I think You're talking about sc- relics scattered remains of the cross. Yes, of our Lord's cross. Yes, gotcha. Uh, so. You know, this is not everybody accepts that. Uh, they may a lot of people may accept it as legend, uh, unproven yet. Others accept it fully. Uh, but that you know, this is in the area where what is now the you know the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, so uh, once that happened, you know, then then things changed. You know, in terms of the view of the, of, of the cross and, and crucifixion. Yeah. Well, the cross is just is just so powerful to me. You know that I'm a huge uh, fan, a great devotion to the crucifix. I remember you and I, we were able to do a, a retreat up in uh, Boston, the Harvard section, right, uh, yeah. of Boston. And uh, Deacon Chuck brought us into the relic room there. It's killing the right? Deacon Chuck Kelly, my bad. Yeah, thank you for. Uh, yep, and uh, man, uh, you know there were, there had to be five hundred relics in that room. I don't think I'm exaggerating. And the one that really, really, really impressed me deeply, profoundly was the relic of the cross. And I, I just, I just had to embrace it. You know, I mean that that's what the uh, that's what the cross brings to brings to us. Obviously, that's the reason why we're talking about this episode. And, and it, you know, even. Uh, once again, before Christianity, it was uh, it was it was a uh, you know a considered a sign of peace. You know, it was uh, it was very pleasing to the eye. I mean, I think the Greek the Greeks used it all the time atop of their you know their buildings. And uh, once again, they weren't Christian. Christ hadn't walked yet, but they they preempted Christianity. And there there's talk about about crosses and crucifixion in the Old Testament. You know, prophesying Christ. Uh, so it's. Uh, uh, it's huge. It's hugely important. I carry the cross with me all the time when I give talks in our Catholic high schools. And by the way, I, I want to tell you and our audience, our, our brothers and sisters of Christ, I am going to start teaching theology in the spring. I talked to Marianne last week, Tom, and I want to I want to share some of that with you. Marianne Harold, Marianne Harold, yeah. And so the cross will be with me, and I love the messages of of the cross that have been that have been provided to me by the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the vertical part of the cross, the, the, the up and down, and the fact that the core, the heart, the soul of Christ is on the vertical. And uh, from head to toe, he brings us with this vertical periphery to God the Father in heaven while our feet are on, on earth in the dirt. And the horizontal uh, parts of the cross where his hands are, you know, the earth is in his hands. And it's to the left and to the right where the earth is, but it's up and down where we have our peripheral vision with our our eternal destiny, and uh, Christ brings us there. That's where His head. That's where His eyes are. So there's. Uh, Was the cross itself. more important to you than the resurrection? Oh, I see the resurrection on the cross. 
I see the life, death, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ on the cross through the corpus. I, our Protestant brothers and sisters are missing a huge message by not having the corpus on the cross. I, I, I think it's I think it's tragic that they don't, because the whole message, everything, his only son, God the Father himself descending to the cross and the slop of the debauchery and the politics of what was going on in, in Jerusalem and, and beyond and around. And, uh, it's all missed without the corpus on the, on the, uh, on the cross. The, the crucifix is A number one. Uh, uh, we get into the silence. And you just look at look at him on the on the crucifix, and the messages that come, it's just never ending. And I just really wish our Protestant brothers and sisters would do such, because there lies the Eucharist as well. You know, the the, the actual presence of, of of the body of Christ in the Eucharist. Was, How do you was, reconcile was, that with was because the it was Garden of Gethsemane? A, a couple of days before, and at the Last Supper, it was said, "This is my body," and then. And then, the, then the next day, he's being lashed for it. He's got, he's, he's being tortured for it, right, right to Golgotha. Right, but how do you reconcile that with the Garden of Gethsemane, and his weeping? And Father, well, he, he, he was son, he was Father, son of take God, this, son. take this cup from me. Yeah, thank he didn't, goodness. he didn't want it. He was son of man. He was a son of man. What does that mean, though? He, he, he invites us into that very same heart because I say it every day. Yeah, but he didn't. Exactly. What I'm saying is, he didn't want to go to the cross. No, no, I, I'm not. I, I don't believe that what he's saying that he didn't want to go to the cross. I think what he was saying is, take this cup from me. That I th- these people are not embracing you, Father. He was nothing. He was little. I and I spoke to a priest about this, by the way. So this is not me talking. That the cup that he wanted taken from him was the hatred and the turning of the people turning away from his love and his mercy and the reason why he was on earth. Mm. That's the cup that he wanted taken away. That's an interesting interpretation. I don't know how that um, jives with, uh, Father, why have you abandoned me? mm -hmm. Uh, Well, you know, why why have you fallen asleep, guys? How can you not keep me company in my misery here? but the abandonment is a huge part of the crucifixion of his, of his seven words. The escalation to, I commend my spirit. How inspiring is that to us as human men and women on earth that we, we will suffer in our doubt and our sufferings and onward through our life. But in the end, we will say, Father, to you, I commend my spirit. Hopefully we're in a, grace, a, a, a spirit of grace where we can say that. Otherwise, we're in trouble. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, so many messages. Go ahead. It's, uh, I think that uh, how to say this most effectively. Um, that the that the mm, uh, I don't even know whether to say total focus of the cross takes our eyes off of some of the three days, and we'll say the one day, because it was three hours. Three hours, three days, three years, public ministry, everybody getting this in our audience, these, these, these magical, these special, these holy, these sacred numbers. 
Yeah, the, tr- uh, the trinity of the trinity of hours, the trinity of days. I, I hear you. So what? So what uh, do we forget about the corporal works of mercy? You know, living the gospel, living the gospel message of helping to build a kingdom on earth. What you do for the least of these, you do for me. And and, and not doing that, neglecting that part with a total focus on those three days, the passion, the passion and death of our Lord. And I, so I do see that as a risk for, uh, and a tendency for, well, quite a number of people uh, in my world, and certainly in my adulthood. I don't see them, I see them focusing on the cross, on the crucifix, but I see them how they are. So it's like I see how they are on Sunday at Mass. And that was, I don't see that a lot anymore because most of, most of my peers don't go to Mass. Yeah. But, you know, the expression they would go to, you know, they would be holy on Sunday perhaps, and not so holy Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, so I, that's, yeah. so you, you focus on, you focus on that, and you forget about what, of building a kingdom of God but I think, on earth. But I, but I don't think you do. I, oh, I think I, many people do. But you don't know. Oh, no, I know, I know, I see what, I see it, what I, people have done. But, but see, all, all of that. And I know what I've done. Be, before and after, it all comes into the present on the crucifix. All of that is encompassed on the on the crucifix. All those messages live within the live within the the present of the crucifix. All of that is there. That's easy to say with two thousand years of history. Well, I mean, why do you think the people abandoned his own apostles abandoned him? And you know, uh, all uh, this this reaction to, to what he's doing. See, no, you're, the, you're helping get my voice strong now. Good. Okay. Good. You're, you're, but, you're, you're but, helping. But they, they were boots on the ground, real. They were real men, boots on the ground. Yeah, and they left him. I know, but don't you see them on the crucifix? Don't you see all that history uh, with you, him on you, the crucifix? You, 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 I'm saying, if, if you're saying the imagery and what you believe and you you imagine that, yeah, I can see that. You can, but you can do a lot of imagining with that, and that's what a lot of yeah, these, that's a lot of what these artists have done. We're called. To, I think we're, we're called to that. Yeah, imagery. but then you get you, it's become so abstract, so um, you know, again, so. Well, in imagery, you, know, you forget about you actually have to live that gospel, which is messy, it's absolutely. dirty, it's ugly. Yeah, absolutely, but it's that imagery which is the inspiration for you to get on your feet and go live it. You uh, got to see perhaps, it before you can. But why? Yeah, if that's if that's the case, then why did he have so much success attracting people while he was living, living that gospel, li- building his kingdom on earth, and then they abandoned him? At his crucifixion, because the way you're talking about the crucifixion, like it's it's this greatest thing in terms of a good, and I'm saying, oh, well, I yeah, think, it is. Yeah, but I know yeah, the greatest thing is the greatest thing is the resurrection, but a close second is the crucifixion from our humanity. Yeah, well, the resurrection is the absolute hope, and that's that's the determining factor that takes us to martyrdom. And that's the that's abstract, because that, we don't know what that, that is, but we know what pain that, is. But that's what that's what gets us to. That's what got them. To their through their courage by the grace of the Holy Spirit in the upper room, to their martyrdom, they were cowards. Well, yes, struggles. when they finally saw him, and yeah, they and they, and they broke bread and fish with him. Scripture. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, thank but God. that's uh, that's, what, that's what I'm saying though. If you're just saying, well, it's, okay, it's the cross, it's the crucifixion. Again, no, that was viewed as a horror. 
It was a horror. But you're saying it for 2,000 years the now. life of Christ is on that crucifixion. You got to see the whole thing yeah, when you look at the crucifixion. Yes. And now, and we have this hindsight. That's but why I, the what imagery, I'm saying that's is, why the corpus is so important. In the moment, it's not hindsight. They didn't, yeah, because it's, well, it's in the present now. No, I'm, what hindsight. I'm saying is that why did the apostles abandon him then, except one or two, if you count Mary Magdalene, which I do? Because they were just like me and you. Yeah. Okay. So they abandoned him. It was a horrible thing. And it was pre. They didn't spirit, abandon him pre, when he was, was doing his ministry. When he was, was when easy. he was curing people and and doing miracles. Yeah, they it was, loved it. Was, it. It, it was easy. They were getting in the end zone. They were winning games. Yeah. We're, we're called as you are, to be saints. Yeah. We're called into the tough stuff. I, <clears throat> no, man. Well, I, I don't know. If you, you, you know, you die. Hey, Tom. Yeah. I, have you had any tough? Have you had any tough bumps in the last couple of years of your life? You're no. still doing Catholic radio. You're still vouching for Christ. You're still you're still a man. You're still a man man built for others. You're still getting it done. You're still on the narrow path to sainthood. But if somebody you, said to you me, are, you are the very same person that you're. Do you want to go to the cross about. tomorrow, or do you want to, or do you want me. to? I hope I have the courage to go to the cross. Right, that's the thing. Well, do you have I'll the Do you have the courage to to close somebody who's naked? Do you have the courage to feed somebody who's exactly. hungry? Those are excellent questions. And we are out of time. Mm. Danny, you brought us into the end zone. <laughs> We're, we've got a long way to go to the end zone. You've got to follow that vertical part of the cross. We've got, we got a long right. way to go. All right, I'm going to, help. I'm going to be a true friend. Uh, I'm going to help you get there. <laughs> I hope you too. All right, you first, though. I'll try, not to, I'll try to stick around. Uh, whoever's last is whoever's last is first. So how it goes? I'm always last in the buffet line, but I make up for it when I get up there. So I don't know if it counts. Anyway, right. we got to go, right? That's, that's it, right? That, in a nutshell, that's the thirteenth apostle right there. <laughs> All right, folks, that was wonderful, Tom. Man, Beautiful. you're back, brother. You are back. Uh, <laughs> Most of me. All right, uh, stay tuned, folks, for the uh, the Angelus and your prayer intentions with Peter and Jimmy. All right, thank you for your, your prayers, ladies and gentlemen, for the 13th Apostle, for Danny and me. And uh, we pray for you and all the great people at the station. Uh, so if you want to keep this content going, which we hope you do, we do, help WQPH Radio. God bless you, Danny. God bless you, Tommy, and God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?